0: Welcome to Across the Pond Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy, whether you're a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional. A show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Moni, Across the Pond in Philadelphia, USA.
1: Welcome to episode 18 of Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. My name's Chris Lawson in London town. I'm joined by Sam Moni in Philadelphia. Say hello, Sam. Hey, Chris. How are you, sir?
0: How's your week been? Yeah, good. Yeah, very well, thank you. How's, How's Philadelphia? Excellent, excellent. Yeah, doing well, feeling fine, feeling awesome. Excited about this week's show.
1: Excellent, excellent. So look, Sam, getting into it. A couple of years ago, it was quoted that by 2020, 50% of search would be voice, mm. and I'm really interested now to see whether that's actually come true this year or not. Yeah. What is certain, though, is that once again, tech is changing, and you cannot stop that change. At least 20% of all searches uh, were voice a, a couple of years ago, and and actually, it would have been unheard of that the quality of voice interpretation. Uh, was was anything any good at all yeah it was considered Mm. very poor now it's reported that there's over 90 percent accuracy on voice interpretation on translations worldwide not Mm -hmm. just english Mm. scary hey scary how quickly but exciting how things change don't you think
0: yeah impressive and scary You kind of like it, but then you're kind of thinking, oh, hang on a minute. Am I keeping, are the robots taking over? Are they taking, is the AI running everything now?
1: Exactly. And that's the subject of this week's podcast as we enter a new decade. How would technology affect marketing and what does Mm. it mean to us in our day to day jobs? On average, Alexa answers queries um, and those queries are, accurately answered about 80% of the time, and that was in about August 19. And that was up about 19 percentage points from about 61% in July 2018. So it's a massive increase in terms of mm. um, efficiency. And the average person types between 35 and 40 words per minute, but the same person can speak at 100 to 130 words per minute. So you can suddenly see how by improving technology uh, with regards to voice recognition how it can start to once again transform what we do so that's certainly Mm. one area tech which is going to affect us as marketers and and it's interesting how much emphasis we put on communication and how much emphasis we might have put on voice anything else to bring to mind sam
0: well when i as you set the scene there with regard to voice i just bring it to the world of work today, just in general, and, and how tech is being used to serve us in a way that helps us collaborate, helps us engage each other via relationships and connections. So I'll tell you a story of pajamas and pearls, Chris, pajamas and pearls. Okay. So Anna, Anna Rose at 6.40 a.m. and made a, made herself a cup of coffee. She ran a comb through her hair, put on a dash of lipstick, threw on a white cotton blouse and a string of pearls. Her f- flannel pajama pants and fuzzy slippers stayed on. She was ready for work, though. Her computer camera showed the bookcase behind her torso. Uh, songs, of course, the pajamas, which are hidden. One by one, her distributed global marketing team arrived in the virtual workroom for the marketing strategy meeting. Each from a different time zone. Great narrative from McKinley Marketing Partners. I wonder where you were going with that, to be honest. But exactly. That's not my like. That's not me. But that's McKinley Marketing Partners, a, a recruiting company that publishes annual updates on marketing hiring trends, and they're just describing the world of work, which is very much now driven by remote. Um, remote setup, remote cameras, people in distributed places. And I use that example because there's growing research showing that we have to account for remote work as a standard and that the tech could be creating isolation. And is it constraining our ability to have meaningful conversations and meaningful interactions with colleagues? And I'm a huge advocate of, a, of another company called Imperative, and they're leaders in the purpose powered peer coaching space and they have a lot of tech and philosophies and the founder is a guy called Aaron Hurst and he's talked a lot about some of these issues and how well they're being addressed so that one example is a slackification of work so the tool slack is is accelerating the speed of communications but it's also causing a bit of a fragmentation and difficulty and, and actually Generating meaningful connections and staying actually present without being distracted by a new message or a new prompt. And as we're more mobile and able to work much more flexibly, there's there's actually an impact on tenure and how we see our how we see our careers and how we see jobs. It's it's ten- tenure is actually shrinking, and it's also negatively impacting the ability to develop strong, long lasting relationships in organisations. So the people side of the tech is keeping up. At night, the CHROs, the chief HR officers, the CEOs, the I'm sure that's keeping them awake at night as they need to shift their resources to support and design for these new realities.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely interesting. Again, you, you know, you look back through the ages and and uh, how um, video games were impacting on um, relationships and how mm. um, horror movies might have been impacting on um, people's sort of psyche. You know, there's plenty of examples of that in our past about as we start looking at different comms channels, something that we've covered before. But you know, putting that to one side, the human impact is real and there will be significant impacts on jobs that will disappear. There will be mm. a huge number of jobs that will be created as well. Um, I read an article, I'll try and find the source of it, about 10 jobs AIs can replace telemarketing. That, that certainly makes mm. sense. Um, bookkeeping clerks. I mean, you look at the rise of zero and, um, and QuickBooks and you can certainly see that happening. Um, receptionists. You know, again, how many offices do you walk into and, and self-reception these days? Yeah. Proofreading market research analysis, um, advertising salespeople, retail salespeople. Um, you know, there's a, there's a more on the list, but I, I'll stop there. You, you get the picture. You can certainly um, yep. see some roles where technology at the moment might be aiding or supplementing, but can certainly take over those roles. And then this week, Google said it developed an artificial intelligence system that can detect the presence of breast cancer more accurately than doctors, which is absolutely amazing. Compared to human experts, that program reduced false positives by... 5.7% 5.7% for US sub- subjects and 1.2% for UK. I'm not entirely sure why there's a difference across the pond, but it reduced false mm. negatives by 9.4% and 2.7% for the UK subjects. That, that's, a, that's an amazing yeah, achievement. That's and it was seen as more accurate despite, despite it having less information to work with than human experts. So again, you know, it's not like that's going to happen tomorrow. However, that has to be seen as a as a an opportunity to improve what we do but will affect people's jobs at the same time and in in marketing you know ai works behind the scenes already i think to produce perform predict at scale um and many of those tasks that eat up time will be automated again you just look at something simple such as email marketing and how much of that can be done by our automation these days mm. Drafting social yep. shares would be another example. A/B testing again—you just look in a year or two and see the impact that's made. But this isn't new. This has been talked about. And Marketing We right back in 2017, asked the question whether robots and automation would take over our jobs. And, and my clear answer is no. It absolutely won't. But it certainly will change them. Um, and that's because um, when it comes to repeatable processes or automation uh, you can absolutely understand why that can be a mechanical process but where there's a need for a human aspect emotion empathy Mm -hmm. creativity spontaneity I think we're safe for a while longer Um, but we need to embrace Mm -hmm. that change anyway Um, but again that's that's nothing new we've embraced those changes throughout our career I, I bet you've got a few transitions you've gone through haven't you sam through your career
0: yeah throughout my career if i think back there's at least three or four moments i can see huge shifts in how things have gone and i think for me a key one a starting point is the pace of innovation where the market has changed and it's shifted consumer behavior to the tech that's providing a better solve and i started off earlier on in my career working in camera stores where you take your film to be developed and wait a week to pick up the pictures and think about digital cameras and our smartphones have completely distru- disrupted that industry. And just retail in general, I worked in selling electronics and stereos and videos and music, and those have been turned upside down. I used to love record stores, but do they even exist anymore? Certainly do. And I remember the time recording this show, it's around, well, yeah, I, I still love them and vinyl's making a resurgence, which is kind of an interesting trend, but still the, the pace of innovation continues. And 10 years ago, I was working on the Kenmore brand, Uh, When my colleagues thought I was just completely crazy. I was wasting time because we were working on ideas such as fridges with touch screens and cameras inside to track the food. And 10 years ago, they just thought, who's, why is he getting paid to do this? This It's a complete waste of time. It should, you know, we should be working on, on decent ideas and decent innovation. Anyway, 10 years ago, that seemed crazy. Within four years, They were actually in the marketplace and the senior decision makers could not foresee what was actually coming around the corner in the, when they were supposedly experts in the category. Digital marketing has been a huge um, shift and it's been an interesting dynamic as that has become online. Omnichannel has become much, much stronger and what used to seem niche is now mainstream. People are buying multi dollar appliances you know things which got three four five thousand dollars they're actually buying it through the app on the phone and for me on another transition was just on the intra- entrepreneurial side my wife and i we had a women's fashion retail omni-channel uh, retailer it was called a retailer called boutique larue and what was fascinating there was trying to scale down my big marketing experiences and ideas to a small-budget startup-type environment. But the funding was so difficult at the time, it was impossible to get banks to support, and they would take weeks to say no. But we used peer-to-peer platforms in 2009-2010, such as Prosper and Lending Club, who were much more transparent, faster, and actually supported the idea so the revolutionary idea that perfect strangers this idea of crowdsourcing mm-hmm. has become such an established thing and and finally i'd say just in terms of the the world of work today i'm in the marketing transformation space and um, as a consultant focused on reskilling upskilling people and organizations to be fit for the future of of work and it's all about now joining all this up. We talked a lot about the technology earlier and how are things gonna to work together on an ongoing basis. You've got multiple processes and operations. Modern marketing is so decentralized these days. There's, you gotta be agile. You've gotta create content. You've gotta distribute content. You have gotta think about the customer journey. All of that needs to be joined up. And it's not now just siphoned off to the IT department it digital marketing they all have to work together so there's an abundance of complexity and our mission is to make it simple so those those are kind of some of the highlights i, I can talk about how things have changed and how you have to really lean in and and um, be part of it versus just staying from afar how
1: about you chris yeah totally i mean you know I, I think i started out so loyalty marketing which morphed into digital marketing to um then broadly into performance marketing and then uh, Obviously, encompass a, a more sort of leadership role after that. that. That certainly was a fundamental change. But the principles, as we talked about, exactly the same. It was the technology and the environment that changed around rather than the other way around. Um, client side to working for myself, why I think that's important is we see the world of marketing changing to more short term, freelance, project based activity and following the path of technology, it certainly lends itself to that. You know, the tech industry has been like that for many a year now. And increasingly, I'm seeing marketing and the creative um, services industry go the same way. And, and I made that move because I wanted to embrace that um, trend before it actually hit the vast majority of us and the desire to figure things out and learn about the new Um, But how sad am I now, Sam, really? That's the point. You don't don't really know. And the biggest lesson is that Mm. if you're going to react to change once, then you're going to have to react to change again at an ever-increasing rate. You you can't afford to stop learning and retraining. I mean, 10 years ago, did I think I would be a marketer yeah. and a content producer? No. Did I think that learning about how to use Zencaster, create WAV files either side of the Atlantic, weave them together would be part of my job? No. As marketers, we have to be prepared to be surprised and we have to be prepared to adapt and to do that with creativity and, as you say, enthusiasm
0: as well so you know it's it's exciting isn't it yeah it's it's definitely an exciting space if you if you're one of those people who who thrives in this i think some people are thinking mm, i'm not sure it's for me
1: yeah no, that's interesting now interestingly the um the google ceo called ai more profound than electricity or fire which is a pretty profound statement in itself i think but marketers are still largely in the dark about ai's implications i think and and actually that's a few years ago since he made that statement. So so we have to ask ourselves continuously, how do we get ahead of the curve? I'm I'm working at an organization at the moment where still we're not mm-hmm. really putting mobile f- first and foremost in all of the activity that we do. It's still a reliance on desktop. And and I think we've got to keep forcing ourselves to think about that curve even you know, even now in my day job, I think. So so, the jobs yeah. that are likely to change from a marketing perspective, how do we identify them? How do we retrain to take advantage of them?
0: Oh, I guess you're throwing that question over to me, Chris. Well, I am, Sam. <laughs> Thank you very much for that one so okay let's let's try and bring this into practice so we talked about ourselves and our careers and how things are changing what does that really mean there's there's some good thought leadership out there and what I urge people is is not to think of it as far out there as something for the future but actually think of how it relates to t- today there's um, a resource um, by Scott Brinker which is chief marketing technologist and in a, in recent times he's come up with this 4m model that's really interesting it's about reimagining the parameters of what marketers are today and what they could be and so at the center of it are marketing technologists but he actually identifies four or five or so different roles and there's think of it in 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 a way of a of a uh, of the axes so you've got uh, an x-axis which is you know from left to right which is one end of internal orientation and the, the other end of the axes is external orientation and then the y axis, which goes up and down, you think at the top of that process orientation and technology on orientation at the other extreme. So, internal orientation is all about serving stakeholders in ser- internally. External orientation is about engaging with customers. The process orientation is about workflows and customer journeys. And then the technology orientation is about the data and the engineering and the code. And he uses the word orientation very carefully because it's not an exclusive focus. So, those, those, those. Those poles, those um, those ends of the process are actually c- continuous, and so you're not one or the other. You've got to actually think about how to integrate those different dimensions. And this framework is really interesting because you can then come up with um, more traditional types r- type of roles or, or marketers, which are like the demand or brand builders, and they they need to be fluent in the use of marketing technology, and they're focused on applying it to campaigns to engage and attract and retain customers. So that's one area of marketing. But then there are these maestros, these operations orchestrators, and they design and manage the workflows, the rules, the reports, and the stacks and that run the marketing department. And then you could have what you would call these analytics architects, these modelers, and they dive deeper into the structure and the infrastructure of the data, more data heavy, they, they're kind of digging into the data that they collect for customer intelligence and that type of thing. And so that, that's three, that's a third type of archetype. And then there's a final one they call the marketing maker, which is another interesting one. They kind of build the apps, they build the digital experiences, they can code and they increase increasingly use no code tools. So those are kind of four areas Of marketing technology that aren't exclusive they now become part of the the modern marketers toolkit and we have to know about them and be part of them chris what do you think
1: yeah uh, i think there's a there's a lot of interesting sort of uh, archetypes there um definitely worth checking out the 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 interesting thing for me is you 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 think back to that old adage about um i wish i knew which which part of the marketing was going to work um and ai in a way and also the ability to track and measure uh, brings that a lot closer. But at the same time, I've, I do wonder whether that's actually going to make us happier. Is that what we really want? For for some analytical-focused marketers, I think that, you know, knowing that there's an automation, a process to follow which will give you the result is going to work, but for others, I think there will be a complete and utter turnoff. So, where is the creativity? Where is that human Again, connection? I think that's a hard question you're asking me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, look, I'm going to leave you that one because I think actually, you know. Oh yeah,
0: let's let's noodle on that one. Yeah,
1: exactly. So if I if I sat here as a CMO thinking about where I would be in ten years, should I be worried? That that's the real challenge. What examples have you got that? about getting ahead of the curve and and
0: how do we go about it? Great question, Chris. And I have to say it's a big question, but yes, I would be worried because for me, it's much more about the how and not the tech or the PL. I'd be spending time designing my organization and developing my people to be able to become fit for this future. So I just talked about the different roles that could exist. And so let's highlight specific skills that CMOs need to create and specific jobs that could come up. And we think, need to think of the brand marketers, the marketers that go beyond the typical titles of marketing managers or growth marketers. And there's some fascinating work from Cognizant and they're an IT digital company, but they've come up with 21 different marketing jobs for the future. So I'm not going to go through all 21. I'll just give you a couple of them. So one of them could be the purpose planner. We've talked about purpose in a prior episode who have the deep understanding of consumer ethics and their impact on the corporate brand and ability to generate excitement around the purpose strategy with key holders. So the purpose planner should be a role and well, that's probably a bit nearer in probably something that's a bit more familiar and um, common. We talked about engagement growth hacker again, that was episode 11 that we, we went into that in depth, but they work with human behavior and help guide decisions that, are the best fit for subscription businesses, for example, such as stitch fix or Amazons. And they work with rundles, which are recurring revenue streams, recurring bundles that, that work for your business. And then I talked about the analytics architect, the modelers. And you could think about more creative roles, more, more roles that go into the marketing collection and how they use that data. So maybe a role such as machine and people ethics, mm-hmm. which would be partnering and ensuring that the, there's integrity and value in the, in the data that's being used. Yeah, they I could, they would I could see maintain that. the value and ethics for the data that's being used. And they probably report into the chief trust officer. And we talked about that role and the importance of the the trust in episode 14. And again, we talked about the more diverse type of marketing role who are makers, who are building custom maps and digital experiences. So how about the head of bot creative? How about not? you You may be laughing at that job title, Chris, but it's actually something you can find right now. There's a couple of companies, there's Nuance Communications, an AI company, and even Deloitte are offering roles for for people to lead the creative on bots. And they're going to work with the ethnographers and strategists for insights, but they're actually going to ensure that there's good, high quality coming out from these bots. They're going to check and quality check the creative, and they're going to maintain an understanding of the competitive landscape. So, those are examples of roles that may not exist today, but they should be existing in the next three to six months in your organization, Chris. So, what do you think about that? Yeah,
1: um, I'm always a little bit cynical of these new job titles as, as we've, we've sort of gone through before, and in terms of I worry sometimes they're a little bit emperor's new coves. However, I will say that, you know, when you start thinking, let's talk let's take the machine and people's ethics one—that like analysing behavioural data from a range of data sources and making sure it's ethical—you think, well, who who would do that at the moment? That's the sort of thing that could fall between product management your compliance team your marketing team and sooner or later there needs to be a specific owner because if you haven't got a, a specific owner then it's going to fall through the crack so i can absolutely see why some of these new roles will get there i'll just get a little bit cynical about some of the more zany job titles hmm. uh, at some point but um but yeah i, I think it's uh, it's absolutely who are we to say when uh you know, we've had customer experience director and the like. That um, it's going to be much more technology led, isn't it? In sort of five to ten years time. The bottom line is, though, with all of these technologies, with all of these areas, as marketers, we have to keep ourselves relevant. So that is doing effectively, you know, the, the pestle analysis ourselves. That's understanding which ones are going to be strong, where our unique skills are, and where we're going to fit into that. So if I'm starting out what what do i need to do
0: so yeah chris success as I, I sound a bit like a broken record or a stuck tape or um i don't know what the analogy i is. think that
1: has something to do with the how has it Sam? In,
0: in, exactly i'm going to go about the, on about the house So if, uh, w- the winning approach to navigate this combines i uh, think the timeless a- areas and of marketing excellence with what are the disruptive behaviors to win for tomorrow, right? You've got to focus on how you lead the organization as well as the specific skills we've talked about. So it's about leading people ultimately. Lead from where you are. If you're not the CMO, if you're a marketing director, or if you're more junior in your career, then don't wait for the higher-ups to tell you what to do. You've got to create your own career and development plan. You've heard some great ideas and jobs and examples from this. In this podcast, so take action. Be accountable for actually learning about it, and also developing other people. Get ensure that you're getting coaching and feedback, and you're taking courses, and you're learning about this. Then the second thing I'd say is be a catalyst for change. Create an urgency to accelerate the change and and link the change to positive impact. I think we can't hide from these, these innovations and this evolution, so you've got to be part of it. And then I think thirdly is actively influence the organization you're in or the business you're in. Don't be passive. You've got to be proactive. You've got to motivate the behaviors that drive growth. Or you've got to drive buy-in for some of the ideas you've been hearing on this podcast and you're probably f- finding and reading about. And you've got to make links between these ideas and the problems that you got within your organisation so that you can actually use them for the benefit of good and for growing the business. So that's, for me, the sort of three things you could do, Chris. Nice.
1: No, that's good. And the bottom line is that we have to help our teams, our friends, our peers change as fast as technology. Is, is possible, And I think that's a, that's a good list of things that we can practically do. I mean, a brilliant futurologist and, and the founder of Freeform is a guy that I know called um, Guy Fernando. He um, talked about um, that while the Industrial Revolution saw technology impact, which was manual labor, and that was all about hands, and machine learning and AI are rapidly replicating our intellectual abilities, our head, Fortunately, humans still have the advantage when it comes to intuition and emotional intelligence, our heart. And I love this because it, it means that we are still unique. You know, we're not we're not being taken over yet by the robots. That's our competitive advantage. So it's now our job to work out how we use it. So Sam, I think we're we're running out fast out of time. I think it's certainly an area we could talk more about and we probably will come back to. But why, why don't you give us the three key takeouts and reflections
0: of this session? Well, from this show, Chris, I think there's uh, some sort of quite profound takeaways. I would say that firstly, we asked the question, will I, I take over? I don't think it'll take over, but it'll certainly play a greater role in the workforce, in in life in general. And changes are the only constant in life, so we've got to be aware of it and take the benefits from what's working and be mindful of where it's going wrong. So yes, AI is going to play a greater role. I think secondly, no surprise here, I'm going to say we should focus on the people as much as the PL and the technology. Organizations need to be designing for the future and they need to be making those changes now. And thirdly, I would say, there's an optimistic growth mindset that needs to be applied to all this there's a lot of change a lot of discomfort but when you hear about the benefits such as google data and ai able to diagnose illnesses better than doctors we've got to take those benefits and be be um, proud of them but actually use them to our advantage so those are the three things i'd say chris
1: no that's a that's good and i think you're absolutely right there so um next episode sam uh, we're gonna we're gonna change it around a bit. Actually, we're gonna focus on what goes around comes around. Yeah, new marketing ideas are simply old ideas remixed. Thinking about how established brands continue to remain relevant. Um, unlocking and unleashing deep consumer insights and how sometimes it's the mm-hmm. the principles of before that come back around again. Um, I think that's going to be a really good adjunct to what we've been talking about today. So I'm looking forward to it, Sam.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love the way that we can look ahead, but also think about, okay, how much is really changing and what can we apply that's been around for a while or that we can tap into that may have been tried and tested from a while be- before excellent really excited about the show you're putting us to work again chris certainly am looking forward to it though sam i'll see you next week absolutely chris yeah so until next week have a great week across the pond
1: well that's it for this week's show we hope you enjoyed it find more by visiting marketingtransform.com and click on the subscribe link if you listen via apple spotify soundcloud or anything else then click on follow subscribe or type marketing transformed into search we're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment, or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at marketingtransformedshow@gmail.com. at gmail.com.